What if you were given a blank check right here? Now, you may think, well, if it's for me, it wouldn't matter much anyhow, right? Your checks may not be worth much, but what if you were given a blank check, and that check is one that had credibility? It was from a big corporation or from a very wealthy person. You knew this check was blank, and you could cash it if you filled in the amount. How would you respond? Would you start thinking about house or car shopping or possible vacation destinations? that you want to attend is the next slide there, Craig. So if you could, would you think of those things? Would you think of all that you could do with that money? Would your mind just start racing with the possibilities and you would probably even spend that money before you even had it? Would your mind be like mine and become skeptical and start thinking of what conditions need to be met? There has to be some sort of string attached. Would you start wondering, is this too good to be true? There is no way, because this never happens to me. How many of you like me, you never win anything. You think this stuff never happens to me. Does anyone feel the same way I do? Every time they say, this person won, I'm like, no, they didn't. It's fictitious. No one ever really won. And if they really did win, I don't like them very much anymore. Has anyone ever done that before? Your friends win, and you just think, okay, good for you. Right? You're not as happy for them. But what if you were given a blank check? Would you just start thinking of those possibilities? Would you start thinking, this is too good to be true? Would your mind go to all those things you could do with the money, and then you would almost come back to reality and feel, no, this can't happen to me. Now, all of you have done this. What about if you were given three wishes from a genie? And don't act like I've never done that. Every single person in here, at some point in your life, You've either, when no one's looking, picked up a jar and rubbed it three times. I'm just cleaning the dust off. You've done it. You've thought about it. You've fantasized about it. What would my three wishes be? And poof, he's gone, right? No, I'm just kidding. Now, you have all these wishes. You've done this before. So what would you do with your three wishes? What would your three wishes be? What would happen? What would change? How would it impact your life? If this happened... And you got these wishes or you got this check, what problems would this solve? Would it be an addiction issue that you have? Would it be a relationship issue that you have that you're struggling with and you don't know how to fix? Would it be a depression? Would it be an anxiety? Would it be a fear? Would it be loneliness? Would it be a financial issue? What problems would this solve? If you were willing to hope, if you were willing to put yourself out there, if you're willing to say, yeah, if I actually got these three wishes, if I actually got this blank check, what would happen? What, what problems would that solve? Would it give you a spring in your step? Confidence? Would it give you a positive mental approach? Is that what it'd do for you? Some of you right now, you have your head down, you're just kind of laboring through life. Day after day, it's just one more day. It's mundane, it's routine, it's so difficult. You have this just, man, if I could just make it through the day, there's no joy, there's no spring in your step, there's no positive outlook, there's no, hey, this is going to happen soon, nothing like that. You're just in the drudgery of life. Maybe you feel isolated, maybe you feel alone, maybe you feel you have no answers, maybe you don't know where to turn. Maybe you came today and think it's a holiday weekend, I don't even know who I'm going to spend tomorrow with, I don't really have any close friends. I don't have much of a social life, or I have this huge burden, this huge issue. I haven't really told many people about it, but I'm struggling. If you had this blank check, if you had these wishes, what would that do 
for you. We're going to do a story today in the Bible that is similar. I wondered if anyone in the Bible ever had something like this happen to them. Do they ever struggle with issues that I struggle with? Do they ever have times in their life where they wondered what to do? So we're going to look at that because sometimes in life, if we fantasize about getting a blank check or we think so hard about that genie coming out of that bottle, but when we don't have that happen, you feel discouraged. You really have no hope. And I talk to too many people living this way. You hear about victorious Christian living, but you don't see it. You hear about a God who loves you, but you don't feel it. You hear about the answer to all your problems, and yet you just are in a cycle, repeating loop of frustration and failure. You hear of all these people having wonderful marriages, but it just doesn't work for you. Here of all these people that are just blessed by God and you wonder, where is he? You're kind of living that cycle of no hope and you're frustrated. You don't know exactly what to do. Sometimes you've lost faith in your future. Sometimes a little bit of faith in God. And you wonder if he truly loves you. You wonder if he really cares about you. If God were here, I'm compelled to tell you, and I'm convinced, he wants each of us to feel loved by him personally. And he does want to help you with your life. So, as we talk about the story, we're going to talk about these two men that wondered if they had any hope. They had a pretty bleak future. So, these two blind men were sitting there talking, and they had no hope, and back then there was not any many people to help them, and they didn't have any really recourse. They had to go and beg and just try to make life happen, and they had to ask help for people all the time, and it was a very, very, very difficult life. These guys were sitting there, and they started hearing some rumors about some guy coming that would give them this blank check. They started hearing some rumors about some guy that could just make all these miracles happen, and they wondered, and they probably fantasized, man, if this guy actually listened to us, we're just a couple blind guys, and we don't know what's going to happen in our lives. My guess is they were in a few other blind people in their community, and they probably got together and talked and said, hey, what do you think about this? Is this true? Oh, no, it's just hype. No guy can actually heal people like they're talking about and bring so much joy to everybody. There's no one like that. And they probably wondered, and they probably got their hopes up, and just like we would if we got that blank check, and then they said, no, it's not going to happen for us. We're just two blind dudes that are sitting out here that no one cares about. That's what they thought, and finally one just said, you know, what do we have to lose? My guess is they probably had some other guys around them and said, guys, come on, let's go. And they said, you go. You guys are crazy. Why are you going to fight the crowds? Everyone's going to make fun of you. They're going to shove you out of the way like they always do. They're going to just say, get lost, and we're going to get treated disrespectfully, and no one's going to really care about us. We're not going to go. And these two guys said, we're going to give it a try. We're going to try to attempt this. And that's what I want to ask you this morning. I want to ask you to see if you're willing to see it from the eyes of these two men and see if you're willing to give it a try. So what happened is these two guys came, and they heard about Jesus coming to town. And they thought, what can we lose except maybe a little more dignity? We've gotten our hopes up and down so many times, what can it hurt? So in Matthew 9, we're going to read a couple verses, starting in verse 27. The verses are talking about when these two 
blind men had enough faith to strike out and head out to find Jesus and give it a chance. Matthew 9, 27, it says, And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, These guys wanted to get his attention. My guess is they were risking a lot. People want to say, stop talking. You're annoying everybody. Stop yelling. How many of you have a brother or sister or maybe one of your kids that never stops talking? Is that anybody else in here? I mean, you're married to someone that never stops talking. I would suggest, men, you do not raise your hand when I ask that question. There you have this. These guys, everybody say, ah, oh, Jesus is here. And these guys won't shut up. They're crying and saying, hey, son of David, have mercy on us. They're yelling and crying. And everybody's like, we can't hear him. Stop. These guys are blind. They're probably pushing on the way. They're probably not being really kind to them. It says, and when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him. They somehow finagled their way to get close to him. That took effort. That took taking a risk. They may get their hopes up and nothing may change. Everyone could laugh at them if things didn't turn out the way they hoped it would. But they said, we're going to try it. The blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto him, Believe ye that I am able to do this. Do you believe that I can give you a blank check? Do you believe that I can solve your problem? Do you believe that I can give you three magic wishes? Do you believe that I can actually reach into your life and make a difference? Jesus asking him that. I find their question interesting. They say unto him, Yea, Lord, we do. Their actions have put them there. I'm going to ask you, if Jesus asked you that question, what would you say? Right now, some of you in your heart, you can hear him asking that question, can't you? He's asking you, do you believe that I'm really God? Do you believe that I still love you? Do you believe that I'm still concerned about you? Some of you can hear that. What would you say? Can you say, yes, Lord? I would. Then I think the next verse is a miraculous verse. Not just because of what happened, but even the phrasing of the verse is amazing. Then touched he their eyes, saying, not be healed. According to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith, be it unto you. Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine if Jesus touched you today and said, according to your faith, be it unto you? Somewhere now you can almost feel a little bit of hope flaring deep inside of you. You thought it was dormant, you thought it was dead, but you could feel it. According to your faith, be it done unto you. Modern name vernacular, he's saying, do you believe I can solve your problem? Do you believe I can care about you? Do you believe I can fix that relationship? Do you believe I can help you overcome that addiction? Do you believe I can help you overcome that porn that you can't control your thoughts? Do you believe the negative thoughts that you have constantly, day after day after day? Do you believe that negative image you have where you're never good enough and you can't ever achieve anything and everyone's putting you down and no one wants to be around you and you just have that bitterness or frustration deep inside of you? Do you believe that I can solve your problem? Do you believe that? 
And some of you right now are asking, man, according to my faith be done unto me, what would happen to me? What if he gave you that choice? If Jesus were standing in front of you right now and he asked you that question, would anything change? Would your marriage improve? Would your job improve? Would your mental outlook improve? Would you be able to kick that addiction fine? Would you be able to say, I have a good, solid mental approach to life now? Would you also get excited again and be a good testimony for Christ? Would you say, then I'll get involved? If he touched you today or asked you that question, would anything change? Where is our faith today? Jesus Gave them back that opportunity. What if he offered you that same opportunity? What if he gave that to you right now, today? What would you do with it? Would you waste it? Would anything happen? You want it to happen. But would it actually happen? Now the amazing thing is, these two blind men, lives were changed forever. And I know the story about them ends there, but... This is just me. I don't think their story does in there with Christ. I think it changed the course of their entire life. I think they then got a new vision and saw what Christ could do for them. And I think they probably went out and told many people not just about Christ, but I think they got their lives in order. And I think they made the most of their life. My guess is they get up the next day and they appreciated their sight and they said, man, God, thank you for allowing me to see. And they were ecstatic and overjoyed. Can you imagine when they went back home to their other friends that didn't choose to go with them that day? Said, man, you should have gone. You missed out. And today, this could be the service. When you go home today, you may tell your family members or friends, man, you should have gone. You missed out because you're a different person. Because according to your faith, it can be done to you. Do you believe Jesus can solve your problems? Just a short time later, Jesus was in another town, his hometown. And he saw many people there who had needs and burdens and heartaches and ailments and sicknesses and all these heavy hearts. He saw all of that. And as he's walking through the town, his heart was breaking and he's saying, hey, I want to help solve other people. I want to fix other people. I want to help you. Please just come to me. And as you read this next verse, it's such a contrast from what just happened a short time ago. And it's almost a parallel what could happen to you and the person next to you or the person a row ahead of you or the next section over or maybe your neighbor or maybe one of your friends. This is two testimonials from far different perspectives in their faith. According to your faith, be it done unto you. But in Matthew 9, verse 30 and 31, when it said they happened, their eyes were open, and Jesus charged them, saying, See that no man know it. They were departed. They spread abroad his fame in all that country, and they testified of how good Jesus was. Then they went out, and behold, they brought him a dumb man possessed with a devil, and the devil was cast out, the dumb spake, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never so seen in Israel. Do your friends look at you and think, wow, Jesus' hand is upon your life? Man, look at that. Are you testifying how good God is to you? Have you forgotten about it? Are you blessed today, but now you kind of are attributing your blessing and your success and your fortune, your goodwill, your promotion, your, your new business that's thriving? Are you saying, you know what, man, I've worked hard. It's all about me, and you're starting to take credit for that? Or are you still saying, God, it's a miracle? 
Is your marriage doing better? And all of a sudden you look and say, man, I did put a lot of work into it, and you should. But you're partnering with God to make that work. It's a hand-in-hand process of living life in such a way that you can say, God, I need you every single day. And don't forget every day, I'm blessed by God. And I need to tell other people about it. The blind men took a few steps to solve the problem. Are we taking these steps? Number one, they admitted there was a problem. Some of you won't admit there's a problem. You know someone who's living in denial? You know someone who says, oh, I'm, I'm good. And you know they're not. And my guess is, you know you're not as well. Next, they took action. Some people, when they have a problem, you know what they do? They sit, they get frustrated, they get depressed, they alienate themselves, and they do nothing to solve that problem. The blind men took action. They didn't allow depression to take hold. They didn't allow themselves to withdraw from society. They said, no, 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 we're going to do something about it, which led them to seek help. And you all and I, we need to all be willing to seek help. We need to open the Bible and say, God, show us what you can do. God, lead me and cross someone's path who can help me. Some of you may have been invited here this morning, or maybe you know someone you should have invited, and you just say, I'm going to go and talk to them about it. They trusted others. These blind men had to trust the rumors that were coming, that there was someone who was coming that could help. And they had to say, you know what, we're going to trust other people. And you may have to go back and trust other people again. There may be a friend that you're wondering if you can trust them. They're telling you some good news about how Jesus can take you to heaven or how he can impact your life or how he can really come down and transform you. And you, I, don't, I don't know, but can I trust them to try it? It took a risk. These blind men had to go way out of their way and risk getting laughed at and pushed aside. And they took a risk and started screaming and saying, Jesus, we need your help. Are you willing to say, Jesus, I need your help. Are you willing to take that risk and get your hope up again? And lastly, are you willing to change your mindset? These blind men had a change of mindset. They said, yes, we do believe you can do this for us. Are you willing to say, God, I know you can help me with this. Are you willing to pray and say, God, please help me? And change your mindset to one of, I can do it, to one that, God, I need you to help me do this. What would have happened if they had given up or not taken the chance themselves? What would have happened? Nothing. And you know what? Many of you may walk out of the door today. You know what may happen in your life? Nothing. You know what could happen? Everything. You know what could happen? A transformation. You know what could happen? A possible solution. But as I said, as these men saw miraculous things happen, and man, spread abroad, and everyone's faith is challenged and grown, and excitement happened, and these guys were now blind and could see, and the lame man could now walk around, and all these other people were saying, man, this guy is incredible. Jesus is like a celebrity healing everybody. And man, there's so much momentum and we're seeing this happen. And then as I told you, Jesus then takes a few steps away and goes to another uh, town where he grew up. And he said, hey, I am here. I'm going to help everybody here. I have a burden. I know many of you. I care about you. Man, I'm here. If you look at Matthew 13, verse 58, it's a different story, isn't it? And he did not many mighty works there because he was powerless. No, because of their unbelief. Unbelief. Some of you are sitting there this morning with disbelief and unbelief. He's not talking to me. This doesn't apply to me. 
I'm never the person that wins that prize. I'm never the one that's drawn when they do a prize. No one ever picks me. He did not many works there because of their unbelief. Just a little bit later. Don't you want to be the one that Jesus reaches in and changes your life? Don't you want to be the one with the spring in your step and a newfound confidence and a newfound hope and someone that says, man, I believe in God? Don't you want to be the one that goes in your door and you see a transformation take place in your home and you see everyone excited to see you there? You know, there are couples, when the garage door starts to open, they roll their eyes and almost head out the back door because that person they come into their life with is now home. Do you want to live that way? Do you want to live a way when you come in, your kids know you're home, they shut the door, isolate themselves because they're so tired of your negativity and your anger and your irritation all the time? Do you want to live that way? Do you want to live a way where you can't even check the mail because the bills are there and you don't know what to do and you can't control your habits? Do you want to live a way where you're so powerless, you can't even control your own appetites and your own addiction? Do you really want to stay that way? Do you want to stay blind to your issues? Jesus is asking you today. According to your faith, be it done unto you. Do you think I can help? Or are you going to say, yeah, he can't do any money works here because of my unbelief? It's up to me. It's up to you. What burden comes to your mind right now? What issue is coming up in your mind right now that you think, oh, I don't know about that one? Yes, that one. What are you scared to get hope for? What are you scared to put your faith in? Where are you scared to take a risk? Man, Jesus just saying, I can solve your problem. Just have a little more faith. Or she is going to turn and walk out of a city. Frustrated. Said, you know, guys, I didn't do many works there. Why, God? Their unbelief. Is he going to walk out of your heart today sorrowful? Is he going to see you walk out of the doors today sorrowful? Is he going to see you get in your car and deal with a whole other frustrated cycle of failure and frustration because you didn't want to give God a chance? Which verse describes you today? Which one? And you may think, well, the second one does. Okay. Which verse is going to describe you starting now? How do we get, change the trajectory of life? Number one, do you have the faith and belief to change? Do you have the faith and belief to change? I don't even know how to do it. You right now say, I have the faith and belief to change. You say, God, I need your help. God, I don't even know exactly how to do it, but God, I need you to intervene in my life. I need you to help me solve this problem. God, I've got to have your finger of God. I've got to have it in my heart and in my life. I've got to have you intervene and help me. Guys, God, I can't do it on my own. Exactly what the blind men did. How did they increase their faith? They went and asked. They yelled and said, God, have mercy on us. They didn't deserve it. They just wanted it so badly. They had the faith. Do you have the faith? And belief to change. You need to give things a chance to work. I don't know if you're like me. Have any of you ever done this before? You, you want to lose a few pounds. And so you don't eat dessert one time. And when no one's looking, you go step on the scale and see if it's changed. Has anyone else done that but, but me? There's a few brave people that raise their hands. Or you, you I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start exercising. 
and you bend over and touch your toes three times, and you're like, that's good. Or I should say this, you bend over and attempted to touch your toes three times. That's probably a more accurate statement, huh? I put my shoes on the other day just by lifting my feet and putting them on. I pretty much thought I deserved a gold medal. <laughs> Look at me. I didn't bend over one time and touch them. I lifted my foot up to, you know, then you see a little kid and they're putting their big toe in their mouth. <laughs> Man, look at that kid. My boys when they were younger, they'd want to impress their mom and one of them would do a few push-ups. Hey mom, feel my muscles. You know why? Faith. They were excited. I have to admit, I did it a couple times too. She'd be like, yeah, to my kids, yeah, feel your muscles. She's like, yeah, you need to get to work. All right. The change, personal growth, take time. Transformation may start. You may feel God there, but you're going to have to progress and let God start working in your life. You'll take a step today, but where you need to end up may take a little time. And you're going to see God start working. You're going to start developing a relationship with God. And as you start developing the relationship with God, you're going to see yourself start to transform. Transformation takes place by the renewing of your mind, the changing of mindset that you have. Next, you've got to have a positive mindset. You know what is amazing when you don't think something's going to happen, it doesn't? I knew it wasn't going to happen to me. That's exactly what happened to his hometown. Yeah, he ain't that good. He's just that kid we knew. He can't solve our problems. Have any of you ever tried a food and you're like, I hate this food? Before you even tried it. Ever done that before? But me, I'm like the worst at that. I don't like it. How do you know? Have you ever tried it? No. Ever done that? No. There's a couple foods like sauerkraut that smell so badly. I don't even ever want to try it. Anyone here like sauerkraut? All the unintelligent people, I thought so. No. My dad loves it. But there's certain things. You have to give it a chance to work. You've got to have that positive mindset. You know, it's almost like my wife will try to talk me into doing something. I'm like, I don't want to do that. And then when I do go and do it with her, I'm actually having fun. But I'm so stubborn, I don't want to admit I'm having fun. Hey, you're enjoying this. Oh, no, not really. I mean, I like being with you, but not, no, I'm, I'm not really having fun. Right? We're doing that. And the funny thing is, as God has done works in my life, sometimes I almost feel God say, hey, Keith, you enjoying this? Well, you know, a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, you're pretty good, God, I guess. You know, yeah, you've made some changes. Pat yourself on the back. And I almost feel that way. But isn't it so much more fun when you just have that positive mindset? You know, when you give me a gift, I am very appreciative, but I don't always do it like the best way. My middle son Pete certainly doesn't. He's like, oh, thank you. Is this practical and functional? Well, yes. Oh, well, thank you very much. That's how his mind works. My youngest son, Joe, I call it manipulation. My wife calls it appreciation. But if you get him anything, oh, mom, oh, you are the best. Mom, oh, I love you, mom. Oh, mom, I, oh, you, and you bought me this too? You're, oh, mom, I can't believe it. You know what she does? She buys him more. But he's so much fun to buy for. Yes, and he knows that. He's playing you. Oh, no, he just loves me. Okay. 
But he has a positive mindset. Could we do that with God? Could you get along with God and say, you know what, God, you're pretty cool. Man, you're pretty awesome. You know what you did for me? Man, you helped me here. You gave me joy. You gave me a spring in my step. And God, I believe you're going to work in my life. I don't want to get my hopes up. No, get your hopes up. Get a positive mindset. Let mighty works happen in your life. Because you will receive what you believe. You will. According to your faith be done as you, you'll receive what you believe. So many times in life, we put a ceiling over our own heads. Years ago, I got home from work, and my, two of my boys were playing Army. They were in camo. I don't, they were just shooting, you know, those things. And, ah, oh, you know, I'm playing over here and over here. And my oldest son, Dave, um, was playing against Pete. And Pete, I, was, I watched for a couple minutes. I thought, hey, my kids are playing. This is fun. And Pete was getting so frustrated. I couldn't figure out why. I went and sat in the front steps. You know how kids sit down like this. Thinking, man, it's a nice day. You're out playing with your brother. What's wrong? So I went over and sat down and said, hey, man, what's wrong, buddy? He's like, I'm terrible at this game. I said, you're terrible at this game. What are you doing? He goes, I'm playing Army with Dave. So what do you mean you're terrible? You're running around hiding. You're doing really well. He goes, no, no. I said, why, why do you think that? He said, man, every time Dave shoots at me, he hits me. And every time I shoot at him, I miss. I'm kind of thinking, I've said, okay, you're not using, these are fake guns, there's no ammunition whatsoever. This is like the honor system. <laughs> and I said, how do you know you always miss? Because that's what Dave says. <laughs> he beats me every time. Dave was kind of listening a few feet away, and I heard him kind of like sheepishly, and he was kind of smiling. And partly, I was kind of proud of him. Hey, that's pretty good, man. Way to manipulate him. But the thought that came into my head is, isn't that how we are with the devil? Doesn't he do that with you? Man, you're worthless. Man, you always miss. You always fail. Why are you even trying? Why do you even put forth any effort? You can't win. You're going to lose. You always lose. You can't heal that relationship. You can't get out of that depression. Why are you even reading the Bible? Why are you even trying to pray? You can't do it. And he gives us all these reasons why we're losers. And we believe him. But just like David had no ammunition, he had no way to know he was any better than Pete at that game. The devil cannot hurt us. Once we put our faith in Christ, he cannot hurt us. He can try to scare us. He can try to threaten us. He can try to bluff us. But he can't own us anymore. He can't take away our joy. He can't destroy our lives. Only we can do that. Don't give him that power. I also wonder, were there other blind men that day who not to go see Jesus with their friends? And I want to challenge each of you who are sitting there today, don't be the person that holds back and say, this doesn't happen to me. Don't do that. According to your faith, this is a personal challenge. Your faith. What do you want to happen or change or improve on in your life today? What are you hoping for? Where have you lost hope that you can say, God, I want a new hope. I want to put my faith in you. I want to believe. Let that come back. Take a risk. Go there. Seek Christ. Let him start working in your heart, in your life. Let him transform you today.
And I read a story years ago that I, it's hard to believe, but it, there was a guy that worked on boxcars, and he worked on all these areas. So he got trapped one night in a refrigerated boxcar. Box and guys left for the day, and he realized he was inside, and they forgot he was inside. He was trapped. It was insulated, so he was beating on it, but no one could hear him. So he was in there and realized, I'm going to be here until people come tomorrow. And he panicked. He said, i got to get out of here. This is a refrigerated boxcar. He said, I'm going to freeze to death if I don't get out of here in a short amount of time. So he started clawing and pulling at the floor and the doors and the roof and finding, and he couldn't find anything. And his fingers were bloody. And he was grabbing, his fingernails were coming off. And he didn't know what to do. And they came in the next day and they found this man frozen to death inside of the boxcar. And on the floor next to him with his bloody fingers, he had just written so cold. The only thing that was surprising is the boxcar was not working. The boxcar, when they took the temperature, was 61 degrees. But his mental projection was so strong that he was trapped and that he would die that he did. Are you mentally trapping yourself today? Are you putting yourself in your own box today? Are you projecting so many negative things that you're going to will it to happen? Do you really want your family to implode? Do you really want that addiction to destroy not just you, but your friends or your family? Do you really want that? Do you really want to put yourself in a position financially where you're going to dig a hole and you're never going to get out? Do you really want to separate yourself so far from church and God and faith that you never can really come back except you swallow your pride and ego? Do you want to really do that to yourself and put yourself in such a negative frame of mind that you can't recover like Nick did? According to your faith, be it done unto you. To review, Matthew 9.25 says, according to your faith, be it done unto you. That's your choice. You have that choice or the next one. He did not many money works there because of their unbelief. What story be written about you? What narrative can we say about your life? Are you going to die in a life unnecessarily and never reach your potential and never see Jesus do mighty works because you refuse to have hope, take a risk and reach out to those who can help you call out to God and see what he can do for you. What miracle could be around the corner for you? What miracle? The one that Jesus is putting in your heart or your mind right now, that one, the one that you're scared to get hope for that one, that's the one. Let Jesus touch that one. Just like he touched their eyes, let him touch that problem. The one that you hide from. The one that you won't even admit to yourself. The one that you certainly won't tell your friends about. That one. Get faith in that one. Believe in that one. Don't want to be said you turned and walked away. And he couldn't do works and miracles there because of your unbelief. Are you holding yourself back? I'm done this morning, but I hope I've challenged all of us. 
to ask yourself the question, do I believe Jesus could help me? Am I willing to take that risk? And if Jesus were looking you in the eye right now and he says, man, according to your faith, be it done unto you, what would happen? What would change? What transformation would take place? Some people have that happen to you, they walk away. I knew it wouldn't happen. Just like they did in his hometown. You know why? It's not because of Jesus. It's not because of God. It's because of my lack of faith. Your lack of faith. What do you want to happen today? Just like the blind man, get up. Take a risk. It may be coming down the aisle. It may be saying, I don't want anyone to see. Just come down the aisle. Ask for help. Some of you are sitting there saying, I've never trusted Christ as my Savior to go to heaven. I've never taken that risk. Take the risk. Get up. Come down. Ask for help. And see God reach into your heart and your life and do a miracle. If you've never trusted Christ this morning, please come forward. Give it a chance to work. Have a positive mindset. Come down the aisle and ask. If you're sitting there and you think, you know what, I've struggled with my friend, go find that friend, come pray together and get it right. If you have some married couple here, you, maybe it's you and one of your children, come down, give God a chance to work. According to your faith, be it done unto you. If it's someone across the nation, call them today. Reach out and say, man, I've got to talk to you. And talk to them. I don't know if I can. Yes, you can. According to your faith, be it done unto you. Let God work a miracle. What's going to be said about you today? Just a minute, we're going to pray. Everyone will stand, the music is going to play, and you have a chance. According to your faith, what's your faith going to have you do? Reach out to the Lord, reach out to those who can help, or withdraw and say, no, I'm going to put it back away again. And just like Matthew 13, 58, know what works done there, because of their unbelief. Or Matthew 9, 29. Many things happen because of their faith. What can be said about you?